0: Hello, and thank you for listening to today's broadcast from Stony Point Baptist Church with Pastor Jim England. Today's message is a continuation in the series Jesus Ministry in the Gospel of Luke. And now, here's Brother Jim. Very good. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles. We're in the Gospel of Luke. We've been going through the Gospel of Luke, and we're going today to just move on up to chapter 24. So if you want to turn with us to To Luke chapter 24 this morning. We're going to begin reading here in verse 13. And you know, there's nothing more exciting than God's word because it is from God. It's his way that he communicates and speaks to us. And I hope that you're always excited to be able to share and partake in God's word. So, Luke chapter 24, we're going to pick up at verse 13. Verse 13, it says, And now, behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus. This is Easter Sunday, the first Easter, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. They talked together of all these things which had happened. And so it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained, so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk in? And are sad. Then one of those, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known that the things which happen there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priest And their rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all these things, today is the third day since these things happened. And yes, certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and entered into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village and where they were going, and he indicated that he would keep on going further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Their eyes were open, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight." And they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scripture to us? Let's have prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for celebrating Easter. I just ask that you would just bless this time. Give us wisdom to understand your word. Make it come alive. And Lord, I just ask that we can all be different because we've been in your presence. We thank you so much now. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, this past Friday, it was a little chilly. But I went out, I told Margaret, I said, I'm putting my gloves on, my hat, and I'm going to mow the yard. My yard didn't look too good. I hadn't got the chance to mow it this week. And I said, I'm going to mow. And and she said, why are you doing that? And you know, back when I first started as pastor, I was out driving one day, and this fellow from church, his name was Jack, and he was was mowing. It was cold. It was kind of like this. It was an Easter week. It was just cold, and he was out mowing, and I just pulled in. I said, what in the world are you doing? You shouldn't be out mowing in weather like this. He just stopped and he said, Jim, Easter, do you know it's the grandest day, the greatest day in all of history? Easter, it's about Jesus Christ coming back from the the grave, paying the penalty of our sin. he said, there's no day greater in all of history. I said, yeah, I, I understand. He said, Jim, God's been good to me and blessed me. I said, yeah. When Easter comes, I want him to know I love him, and I want my place looking good just as a reflection of how he's blessed me. And he said, and I don't care if it's cold or whatever it is to make it look that way. It's just worth it. So I was thinking about him. I said, well, i got to get my yard mowed. (laughs) And make it look good, because it's Easter. But you know, some people miss out on how thrilling Easter is. In this very first Easter, we get to the point where these fellows were getting ready to miss out on Easter. Now, there's some, for some, it may seem like good reason why they're missing out. These guys were walking down, and they didn't recognize Jesus, and Jesus Got in behind them and began walking with them, and he could tell. And so, one of the things that Jesus says in verse 17 notice that he said that He, he asked them, Why are you guys so sad? There's a lot of people that can't enjoy Easter because of sadness, there's people whose hearts are breaking, they've suffered some type of loss. And it has just caused them such grief, such difficulty. That's how these guys were. They were mourning. They loved Jesus. They'd seen Him crucified, dead. And they were grieving. They were brokenhearted. And they were at loss. You may know some people like that that have just gone through. And it may be that it was sometime... In the last year, or sometime, it's just a tragedy that had taken place. And they've just not been able to get over it. And that sadness has just brought them down. And they're just grieving. That's where these fellows. So there's some people that miss out on the greatness of Easter because of grief. But these fellows, it wasn't just grief. These guys were also filled with disappointment. One of the things that they say is, I think it was in uh, verse 20, 21, we were hoping that he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. We were hoping that this Jesus was going to change our nation. And we're just disappointed. And there's some people that miss out on Easter because they're filled with disappointment. Sometimes they're disappointed in other Christians. Do you know people will let you down, <laughs> even godly people, even pastors? People can let you down because you know what? The truth is we're people. And so there's many people filled with disappointment, some disappointment because they prayed. A prayer didn't get answered. And they began to question. They began to doubt. That's how these guys were, filled with Disappointment. You probably know some people. It may be somebody here. You've got some disappointment. There's some things that you're struggling with. And on top of that, these guys had lost hope. They had lost hope, full of hopelessness. That's what was left. When you lose hope, you know what happens? Basically, you may be breathing, but you're not really alive. There's just people that are going through the motions. They're just struggling in life. They can't hardly just find themselves or find their way. Full of depression. They're not really living. And in our world, it may seem like there's very few of those, but there's many more than you think. All around us, there's just people that are with hopelessness, not wanting to make any effort. That's these fellas. They almost miss Easter. I was going to read to you. This is an actual newspaper uh, story. Talk about feeling disappointed. This guy put an ad in the paper, wouldn't our paper? It's another paper. This fellow, his name was Mr. Jones. He says he said for sale, has a sewing machine for sale. Gives his phone number. After 7 p.m., ask for Miss Kelly, who lives with me cheap. <laughs> There's a problem, so they try to correct it. Tuesday, they ran a notice. They said, we regret we've aired with Mr. Jones' ad yesterday. It should have read, one sewing machine for sale cheap. Gave the phone number. And asked for Miss Kelly, who lives with him after 7 p.m. There's another problem. Wednesday. Mr. Jones has informed us that he's received several annoying phone calls based on the error that was made in the classified yesterday. The ad stands correct as follows. Mr. Jones has one sewing machine for sale cheap. Here's the phone number. After 7 p.m., ask for Miss Kelly, and then it says something else about who loves him. So then Thursday, they run another notice. I, Mr. Jones have no sewing machine for sale. I intentionally broke it. Don't call my number. It's been disconnected. I've not been carrying on with Miss Kelly. She was my housekeeper, but now she has quit." (laughs) Talk about disappointment. Feeling hopeless. That's somebody that did it. Well, these fellas can relate. They were feeling disappointed. But here's one other thing with their disappointment. They began to ignore facts. They were ignoring facts. And so in here, they began to list some of the facts. They say, this morning, some of the women have reported to us. Well, earlier in chapter 24, we have that report. Actually, in verse number 2. In verse 2 of chapter 24, it says, talking about the women, that they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went to the tomb, the stone is gone. Now, can I tell you this? There are people today that will tell you that Jesus is a myth that He never existed. There's educated people who say that. Let me just tell you this. That's not education. That is a lie. Jesus Christ was a real person, a real person. Oh, that's just what the Bible says. More than the Bible, Josephus was a Jewish historian. He's not a Christian. He wrote about Jesus. The fact that Jesus lived is history. Tacitus, Suetonius, you ever heard of them? Roman historians. They're not Christians. They're not writing from a Christian perspective, but they know that Jesus lived and they also know that he died on a cross. That is fact. So what we're seeing when somebody says Jesus never existed, that's a lie. That's false. That's not very good scholarship. A real scholar will tell you historical truths. They may not agree that Jesus is the Son of God, but you can't deny that he lived and existed. So here's some other facts. Some facts about Easter. The stone, he was put in the grave. He died, he was put into the grave. The stone, it was in a cave. That stone was rolled away. That's a fact. The women went, the stone's gone. Not only was the stone gone, but as they look inside, guess what? It's empty. No one's there. Empty. So it's a fact the tomb is empty. Not only is it a fact that the tomb is empty, verse 23, verse 3 also tells us that there's no body there. The body's gone. They look inside the tomb, he's not there. They go outside the tomb, he's not there. They can't find the tomb. Can I tell you something? If, if the Pharisees, the chief priests, if they wanted to stop all this in its tracks, all you have to do is produce the body. They couldn't do it. There is no body. It's, it's gone. The body's missing. Then, here's the other fact. The women said angels. That's what they said. They came back with a vision of angels. Angels. Earlier in chapter 24, it says they saw two men. Angels. Those angels also had a message. Here's what they said. Verse 6. Why are you seeking the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. He's alive. That's the message from angels. Now, you may think those women had just saw something that really just had a dream or did something. But the fact is, this is what they reported. Facts. These guys were ignoring the facts. Now today, there are many people that are ignoring the true facts about Jesus Christ. Jesus was more, he's different than anybody that's ever lived. And we need to be able to take time and examine who Jesus is. You, you can't afford to ignore The facts of Christ. Now, part of these guys' disappointment was they said Jesus talked like nobody else with power. He had words and he did things with power. Jesus did miracles. Jesus, when he spoke, he spoke with authority. When Jesus spoke, he helped people. When Jesus touched people, people were healed. They were people that couldn't see that now could see. They were people that couldn't hear that could hear. They were people that were lame that now could walk. Jesus had power and authority over nature. Jesus fed 5,000 at once. He calmed storms. Jesus had the authority over demons. He even had the authority to, to raise the dead. Jesus, when he spoke, he looked people in the eye and he could relate to people. He could tell stories that people could understand. People could just see that Jesus cared and loved them. And so they said, you know, that's what we're disappointed in. We really thought he was the Messiah. But we watched him crucified and you can't come back. Dead is dead. How could he be alive? So as Jesus was walking along with them, Jesus begins to speak to them. And so he tells them, verse, go with me, verse 26. Look what he says. Ought not the Christ to have suffered? That word ought not, here's what he's basically saying. It was necessary. Wouldn't it necessary that the Messiah had to suffer? Wouldn't it necessary that the Messiah had to die? Do you know that the scriptures talk about that? And Jesus began to unfold for them these scriptures. Wouldn't it have been great to have been there? Wouldn't it have been great to have heard Jesus say, let me tell you what this scripture means. And Jesus started with Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. There, Adam and Eve had sinned. So he's pronouncing their curses. In chapter 15, one of the curses was the woman's seed would be able to have his foot and step upon the serpent's head and it he would bruise his heel hurt and the, the serpent's head it was a prophecy prophecy of the virgin birth the very first prophecy of scripture right there later on in chapter 3 animals are killed to provide skin blood was shed once again pointing to Jesus later on in genesis There's a lot of different things, but for example, chapter 22. You know, there's a new movie that's out right now called His Only Son, Abraham and Isaac. And there in chapter 22, Abraham is asked to offer his only son as a sacrifice. You see, actually in Genesis 22, you know what you get? You get the crucifixion from the father's point of view. It was heartbreaking for Abraham. And you can see how his heart was breaking. He was being obedient. And basically, he was pointing to Christ because Jesus would be the only way we could be able to have salvation. So in Genesis 22, you've got crucifixion from the Father's point of view. Psalms 22, you know what you have? Crucifixion from the Son's point of view. By the way, Jesus probably went over the Messianic Psalms. So the messianic psalm, there's 14. They are psalms that are about the prophecies about Jesus. And you say, well, how do you know that? Because these are psalms that were used in the New Testament, that were quoted in the New Testament, referring to Christ. There's 14 of them. There's Psalm 2, chapter 2, chapter 8, chapter 16, chapter 22, chapter 40, chapter 41, chapter 45, chapter 68, 69, 78, 97. Chapter 102, chapter 110, chapter 118. All of them prophecies about Jesus, about His life and His death. He probably went over each of those. Fulfillment of Scripture. Jesus said, isn't it necessary that the Son had to suffer? You know why it was necessary? Because somebody needed to make a substitution for our sin. You couldn't pay for your sin. I couldn't pay for my sin. Jesus Christ on the cross went to the cross to pay the penalty of your sin. We're guilty. Every single one of us is messed up. And Jesus Christ on the cross loved us enough that he went and took our death. That's what we deserve. The cross really gives you a picture of hell. It was a time of darkness, it was a time of evil. All sin that's ever been committed was placed upon him. It was a time of shame. Jesus endured it all. For you, he loves you. That much, he loves you. You know, when I was young, we used to have a passion play. As you get toward the crucifixion, Jesus would come down the aisle. He's carrying a cross. And the last thing they would do in that scene is they would put, place Jesus there, and they were nailing him. And that's when it ended and the curtains closed. And when the curtains closed, they were changing the scenes. And as they were changing the scenes, they set up the crosses. And one of the things they did, they played this song, and I saw love. Everybody just touched. And I saw love for the first time, where hatred should have been, where people were spitting on him, were saying stuff, were mocking him and making fun of him. And they should have been hatred, not hatred, love. Jesus loves you and he loves me and love just poured out. He was a substitution. He was taking our place. And not only was he taking our place, but Jesus was providing victory over death. The last thing that Jesus would say is, it is finished. That word, it is finished, is the word that can be translated paid in full. If you owned a, had a debt and you paid that debt they would stamp it and they would say paid in full. It would be the same words that Jesus echo. It is finished. The sin debt was paid. Your sin debt was paid there upon the cross. You could be forgiven. There was now victory for anyone that receives Christ. You don't have to fear death. The sting of death is gone. Not only jesus was making a bridge to heaven jesus would say in john 14 6 i'm the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me jesus didn't say hey i am a way there's all kinds of religions he, jesus is one way jesus didn't say that he's the best way jesus didn't say that jesus said i am the way the only way you can't get to god except through me there is no other way Why would God allow him to suffer like he did on the cross? He wouldn't have, except he's the only way, the only way you can be saved. Easter, these fellows almost missed it, but they were changed because they realized who Jesus is. They didn't miss Easter because they recognized Jesus is alive. Now let me just share with you just some final truths right here. Some final truths because there are so many people that need to know the good news about Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ loves you. He died for you and he wants to be able to save you. To forgive you and give you an et- et- eternal life. To make it to where you can overcome death. You'll die physically but you'll be with him forever. You'll live eternally with him. So what did Jesus do? How did he minister to these fellows? Well One of the things that we see is Jesus walked with them where they were going. You know, you and I are alive for a reason today. To be able to live life with other people. To walk with them through life's difficulties. And then, not only did Jesus walk with them, but Jesus talked with them. He asked them questions. He helped point them to Jesus Christ. Not only did Jesus talk with them about Christ, but Jesus shared with them the truths of Scripture. Scripture is powerful. It's like a two-edged sword. Scripture is God-breathed. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections, and training in righteousness. Jesus shared a meal with them. Now, He wouldn't have, except they asked Him. He would have kept going, but they asked Him, stay, and Jesus stayed, and He shared a meal. You know what? A meal in Jewish times and biblical times, it was a, a sign of friendship. Whenever you eat with somebody, the worst thing you can do is to go behind their back and start talking about them. Eating a meal is a sign of friendship. Jesus ate with them to be their friends, and he shared the truth with them. And these fellows' eyes were open. The Word of God will open your eyes and help you to see. You and I can take what Jesus did, and we can apply it. We can just begin to talk, walk with people. Talk with people, love on people, share Scripture with people, be friends with people, and the next thing you know, they'll want to know the Jesus that you know. And you can have an opportunity to lead them to Christ. The greatest decision you'll ever make in your life, you know what it is? Giving your heart and life to Jesus Christ. The greatest day in all of history, Easter. Jesus Christ paid for sin, proved it. Sin brings death, but if death's been conquered, sin's been paid for. Jesus proved it. Easter, resurrection, means death. The sting of it's gone. You can be able to have peace. My father died when I was 10. Shook me up. I had no peace. Couldn't sleep at night. It just bothered me. I gave my heart and life. About nine months later to Jesus Christ. For the first time, I could rest, sleep at night with peace. You can have that peace. It's a peace that passes understanding. It can't be explained. If you don't have it, you can have it today. You can give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. We're going to have prayer together. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much. Thank you for each one that's here. It's so good to see people come to want to worship you. To want to hear your word. Lord, may you bless this time. Lord, there may be somebody that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior. What a great day to be able to surrender their life to you. May you give that person courage. May you help them to step out in faith and let today be the day of salvation. Lord, there may be Christians that, Lord, would like to be closer to you, that would like to, to truly to live for you, to have your power up in their lives, to be a difference maker. I just ask you to help that person today to make that commitment. Maybe somebody make a recommitment. I ask, Lord, that your will could be done. Honor this time we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Pastor Jim England. If you missed a sermon or would like to re-listen to a message, you can find Brother Jim on Spotify, Google, and Apple under Stony Point Podcast with Jim England. God bless you.